passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome into another episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. My name is Jacob Rudner alongside Swamp 247 recruiting analyst Blake Alderman. And Blake, we have a, a podcast episode. It feels like we've done this quite a bit late, recently. Uh, we have a podcast episode that I think some people aren't really going to like. Uh, Florida has just lost its uh, top signee from the 2023 class. Jaden Rashada has basically requested out of his binding signed national letter of intent. Uh, he went through an NIL-related debacle with the school uh, and is now basically requesting to not end up at Florida, which was anticipated once we knew exactly what was happening uh, in that there was a disagreement uh, both directions on his NIL deal. Uh, and it fell through, and as did his signature. So Florida now has three scholarship quarterbacks left on its roster. Billy Napier said on December 21st uh, that the team needed four at all times. Needless to say, this is what I would chalk up to an unprecedented but still disastrous uh, situation for the Gators, and I want your take on it. Uh, what what do you know? What can you say? Uh, just, I, I guess, what what transpired here, Blake? You know, I think you kind of have to to back up a bit, you know, back to the uh, around early signing period back in December. Um, you know, there were, were some whispers at the time of, you know, this being something that was brewing as far as, you know, there being a bit of, a, of, of an NIL standoff between um, the Florida collective NIL side and the Rashadas, um, you know, and then it kind of got to a point where, you know, we're sitting here on the early signing period, the first day of it, you know, whenever... Billy Napier has his press conference set for such and such time. It was looking more or less like anybody outside of who was already committed to Florida, you know, anybody, you know, as far as adding any signatures from those guys, you know, that were targets, you know, was, was pretty much a stretch. So at that point you were thinking that it was going to be pretty much a, uh, you know, a relaxing day, you know, kind of wait for these guys that have been committed for a while to come in, you know, with their facts 
And, uh, you know, here we are, we were waiting, I, I think it was like an hour um, that Billy Napier went later on his uh, start time or the projected start time of his, of his press conference on the early yep. signing day. And that was due in part to waiting on Jaden Rashad as LOI or his, his LOI to come in, you know, waiting for that. Um, there was a standoff there. And again, you know, it, it kind of, I think the hard part of this is that there were, you know, it was, it was like a, a, you know, a bit of a legal battle here, you know, so I think a lot of facts in general were kept hush because of that. Um, but, you know, to, to keep it very broad, you know, obviously there, there was an NIL battle here, um, a, a standoff, if you will. Um, there's been numbers thrown around. I know that the $13 million over a certain period of time, you know, the, the big number of the deal there was what was reported and has been written some places. I can't confirm, nor can I deny that number. You know, it's obviously come up. I don't know if that's because there's some legs to that number or if it's just what you've been seeing in writing. You know, I've always been on the impression of just in general, and I'm not talking about this specific example of, 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 you know, the number you hear. If I can't see the paperwork or the contracts and all those things, I take those with a grain of salt. You know, you see numbers thrown around. Um, you know, and again, I'm, I'm not saying that's, that's, that's a false number. I, I just don't know. And I'm just under the impression that if I can't see it and, and see it in writing myself, I mean, I didn't care if, you know, Jaden Rashada himself or Billy Napier told me the number, you know, you would think that right. those guys obviously would be more in the know there, but if I can't see it myself, I, you know, I, that's just how I've always treated these types of NIL numbers that you see thrown around. But, you know, there was either way, whatever the number was, um, it seemed that Florida's collective side, whether it be the collective, the Gator Guard, you know, they kind of work hand in hand with each other here, um, didn't seem to have the funds that were put up for that, you know, so that was where the standoff was of, you know, the number that was signed to and agreed to um, couldn't be fulfilled. And that's obviously where the standoff was there. Um, I, obviously, there was the reports of him, um, at least verbally asking out of that, that NIL earlier on. Uh, his father went to 24-7 Sports, uh, Brandon Huffman, who covers the West for us on, on a national scale. Um, I even spoke with Harlan Rashada, Jaden's father, myself. Um, he said that they had not requested out of anything at that time. And they went and continued to have conversations between the Rashada side and the Florida side. You know, those stretched on for, you know, week, two weeks, something of that effect. Um, and eventually came to head last night, you know, with uh, on, on uh, Tuesday night with Rashada requesting formally to be out of that, that NIL for Florida. So it's, it's disastrous, you know, and I think from, you know, a, a PR standpoint of, you know, again, NIL has become such an important part of recruiting for a lot of these guys, um, you know, and, and only, not only that, just from, you know, the egg on your face from, just the program standpoint from people on the outside looking in, I mean, a five-star quarterback is, is always well needed on any team. Um, it's, it's, you know, that's the position that touches the ball every snap on offense. Um, whenever you get a guy like Jaden Rashada in a room, you know, where Florida needed to infuse some talent in there, you know, that's, it's, it's a gut punch, you know, there's really no other way to put it. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think one of the biggest questions that have I've seen personally, whether that's on the swamp two, four, seven message boards, or even on Twitter, uh, Many people have wondered, and I think fairly, what the fallout from a situation like this could possibly be. And 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 truthfully, to you know, to level with you, we don't know yet. I think that the dust is still kind of settling from this situation, and we're going to learn a lot more as time goes on, and and as we put a little more distance between the requesting of the release or the start of the issue to when you know, whenever we might hear a little bit more. Maybe when Jaden Rashada commits to a new school, we start to hear a little bit more detail about what's going on here. Uh, I, I will say this though, I think I think you would be foolish to not at least recognize that this could be extremely detrimental, I think, to Florida. I, if I'm a recruit 
And NIL is something that is a, a massive part or all of what I'm considering when looking at my college options. Of course, I'm going to have second guesses and, and, and questions about the legitimacy of Florida's NIL funds and its collective situation and who it is that's writing these contracts. And, and granted, you know, to be clear, I don't, I don't know yet where blame is supposed to go. I don't know who is the most at fault. I don't know which individuals are directly responsible for this. But what I can say generally is that none of it's good. I, I, if I'm a recruit, I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm pointing at Florida and I'm going, I don't know that I can trust it. And, and again, maybe there will be changes made to the top of the collective or to the way that Florida goes about assigning dollar figures to athletes when they're in the process of committing to the school or how it divvies up its finances. I don't know. And, and, and maybe those things are necessary. But I should say at this moment, I think it puts a damper on the public view of the program. I think it's a great excuse for other schools to basically point at Florida and negative recruit. This is not a desirable situation. So yes, I, I think any reasonable person would see this and say, hey, there's going to be fallout in a, in a broad national recruiting perspective, and it's going to take time to repair that. I think the other thing is, and it's far more important, is there are short-term ramifications to this situation. Florida was sitting at like I said earlier in the show, four scholarship quarterbacks were shot of one of them and is now down to just three. On December 21st, Billy Napier said explicitly that his team should have no fewer than four scholarship quarterbacks. And as a matter of fact, he said that with regard to the 2023 season, Florida would have four scholarship quarterbacks plus a preferred walk-on to make up its, its quarterback room. So the choices at this point are either to shift the goalposts and adjust and say, we're going to ride with the three guys we've got. Now, granted, I think that that is wholly risky. Graham Mertz has a lot to prove, in my opinion. Jack Miller, the same, if not more. And Max Brown is a young, unproven quarterback who's going to be spending the spring as a part of Florida's baseball team. So that's going to take away from his opportunities to develop as a football player. You need a fourth quarterback. Let's let's look at options here, Blake. What, what are... Where are the, the places Florida could go here? I know Walker Howard, the former LSU four-star quarterback, was an option. He's now committed to Ole Miss, so you can take him off the board. What's next? Where, where, where does Florida go here? You know, I, I think that's the million-dollar question. Um, you know, you mentioned Walker Howard. That's a guy that Florida had uh, coaches out to see. I, I, Rob Sale, the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach at Florida, that was the only name that was mentioned to me that visited them. I don't know if there were others. That's just the only name that was mentioned to me. Uh, dropped in to see Walker Howard on Monday. Um, you know, it seemed like coming out of that visit that <clears throat> it was already pretty much a foregone conclusion that Ole Miss was was likely where he was leaning and, and ultimately, right. ultimately would be where he landed. Um, that came to a head today. You know, pulled the trigger. He's committed to Ole Miss. Take him off the board. Um, I think Washington transfer Sam Heward is, is, is a potential name to keep an eye on. I know you've written a story on Swamp 24-7 kind of breaking down some of these options here. Um, what we can say right now as far as just, I guess, maybe last check was that, you know, as of Monday, um, that there were more maybe preliminary, you know, kind of doing their due diligence, maybe getting some information on Heward. Um, but as far as we know or, or I know or, you know, you know that, there hasn't been any direct conversations between Florida and Heward. So that's correct. Could that change? Could that be something that picks up as we go on going forward here, you know, with Walker Howard off the board? It that's should. possible. So it definitely should. You know, you've got a guy that I think what Florida needs to look for in general as far as maybe a transfer quarter transfer portal quarterback. And that could 
move the goalpost here just considering the options on the board. I think they need to look for someone that has more of, you know, uh, more than maybe one or two years of eligibility left. You know, I think that if you want to try to get someone that's as, as close to maybe a high school guy or at least a guy that's been in college that doesn't have, you know, uh, like a one-year Band-Aid type of guy or a two-year Band-Aid type of guy, you've got that already in Grand Merch. You know, you've got a guy that has that experience and not much eligibility going forward. I think you need to build and continue to kind of balance out your roster with a younger guy, you know, and I think that's why Walker Howard made a lot of sense. And I think to some extent, Sam Heward makes a lot of sense there too. So, you know, those are some, you know, th that's an option there. We'll see where things transpire from there. But I think one of the interesting things and and maybe I'm just kind of looking back to, you know, Quinn Ewers, the former five-star quarterback, and what he did at Ohio State yeah. before he eventually did transfer to Texas was he was a guy that completely, you know, skipped his senior year of high school, finished the class credits that he needed to do to get into college, you know, a year earlier as, you know, as a 2B high school senior. And I think that if you look at a guy like DJ Lagway, Florida's 2024 five-star quarterback. You know, I think that that's a guy that they're obviously very excited about. You know, someone that they saw as a big part of the, you know, the puzzle for them going forward between, you know, what he can do as a passer, what he can do with his legs, you know, how he yeah. fits into the Anthony Richardson, you know, mobile quarterback type of mold of what you've seen Billy Napier use as far as his offense, just from his head, uh, head coaching career. I think that that's something that should at least be explored, um, you know, and I guess more or less, I'm kind of giving my own personal opinion here, but I think that that should be absolutely something. If you're going to look at all avenues and try to figure things out, whether that's looking through the transfer portal or, or you know, trying to find some uh, high school guy that maybe was unsigned that you, you know, like enough to pursue going forward in the 2023 cycle before February's National Sign Day, I think one of those options should be looking at DJ Lagway because you've got a guy that was already planning and already working on being an early enrollee as far as being a 2024 guy. I don't think it's a complete stretch. It's obviously tough to fit extra classwork in to be a guy that finishes up to be able to graduate and be on campus because you're looking like it would be June, summer, A for that to happen. Um, I just think that that's obviously a guy who's very talented, someone that Florida is very excited about. And I, I think it's at least an option that they should explore. So we'll see if any other options pop up. Um, you know, you've got Miami uh, quarterback Jake Garcia who entered the transfer portal. I have heard no contact with that so far. Um, we'll see if that's something that pops up. And I guess I'm maybe just throwing, you know, darts against the board right now of guys that have recently entered the transfer portal here. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. But as far as I know, Heward is the only guy that I, I know that there's been legitimate background checking or so far um, with, with Florida there. Um, and I, I, to me, DJ Lagway makes a lot of sense to at least explore that option. So we'll see again, you know, what happens here going forward. But I think that those are probably the ones that I, I guess I'm keeping an eye on at this point. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Absolutely. You mentioned that piece that I wrote this morning. Today we're recording this is Wednesday, the afternoon, January 18th. Uh, over at Swamp 247 for our subscribers, uh, basically outlining what you just said. Heward is somebody who I, you know, we know that there's been some sort of, whether it's tiny or maybe even barely existent interest uh, in former Washington quarterback Sam Heward. We know it has happened. Uh, we'd also know that as of the recording of this podcast, there really hasn't been any contact between the two sides. Should there be? I think so. Uh, you can go after a late high school edition in the class, very a la Max Brown uh, for, from last year. Again, taking some sort of a project late. Does that work? Sure, maybe. Uh, it, it, it's a, it is a Band-Aid solution. I think that you would need to out-recruit heavily uh, that person next year. And then, like you sure. said, and this is the option that really intrigues me, and it, it, it's where my head immediately goes, and I included it in that article that you mentioned, is DJ Lagway. I, I think that you'd be remiss if you're Florida to not at least investigate, hey, where are you at in your academic standing? Can we push up your academic calendar from a December high school graduation to a, a pre-summer high school graduation? Maybe you get him Whether it's summer A or summer B, you know, either, either option. I, exactly. I was about to say, you you can enroll him in summer B at Florida. You get him on campus for, for workouts, preseason camp. You do not have any expectations of him to play. Graham Mertz is essentially your guaranteed starter. And you develop him for a year. There's no harm in developing this guy in a college offense. You give him access to Billy Napier and the college training rooms and weight staffs. And he gets to watch film and basically be a year ahead of his development. You don't have to play him. You get him on the roster as basically your emergency fourth string backup, which is all Florida needs at this point. And it sets up quite nicely to bring him over into 2024 and basically go, hey, man, you have a great spring, great summer, great preseason. You could start in, in, in what's supposed to be your first year as a Florida quarterback. I actually see a lot of benefit to this. Is it a Hail Mary, though? Let's let's just let's let's call a spade a spade. Is it a Hail Mary long shot? Probably. It, it's late. It, this was not a consideration two weeks ago. And, and the fact that it's a consideration now makes it tough. But again, is it possible? You mentioned somebody who just did it within the last couple of years. Yes, it is possible. So something to follow. We have not yet heard whether or not that's going to be an option. We haven't heard of Florida is pursuing that. I would just have to assume, given the situation, that that is something that they're at least investigating. And I would be somewhat shocked if they aren't. So uh, Even if it's a Hail Mary, sometimes Hail Marys get caught, you know, that, so who knows? exactly and, right. And I think another thing, too, that it, it, let's just say, let's play the what-if game, you know, if that does happen, and, and he's in here for summer A, um, you know, Florida would still have plenty of time to look at the board for the 2024 guys. You know, yes, a lot of those 2024 guys at quarterback are already coming off the board, um, but, you know, there's still a handful of guys that haven't yet. So 
I think that that ideally, you know, I was even kind of thinking when we were sitting here talking on the show, I'm like, well, man, even if Florida could get this, you know, get Lagway in in the fall, who cares? He's here. Like you already have the expectations of that. But usually end of summer, you know, it's around that time, a lot of those QB dominoes start to really fall. Granted, they already have started to fall. But, you know, I think that, you know, that seems to me like maybe the best case for Florida there, you know, just as far as maybe the options they have there. Because I, I just don't know that you really love any of the guys that are in the transfer portal right now that are just viable options right now. You just think that there would have already been something that would have popped up already. So, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Let's pivot to some more positive news. Florida has landed some transfers. Uh, I think the total is now at seven off the top of my head, seven or eight. Uh, But since our last show, they've landed two, both offensive linemen from Baylor, uh, guard Micah Masua, and from Alabama, tackle Damian George. Uh, Two good players. I think Masua is really excellent. Uh, I, I don't remember where I posted this, but or maybe I was talking on somebody else's podcast recently. I said that Masua is my favorite uh, addition that Florida's made so far this offseason. I think he's a really talented guy who has the potential to be a very solid player in the SEC. Uh, George is an interesting prospect. I think he's got potential. Let me get your takes on Masua first, and we'll move to George after that. Yeah, you know, I think I'm, from the film I've watched of him at Baylor, um, really good at pulling and blocking in space, really good at getting to the second level. He's 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 not, you know, whenever I typically think of guards, I think of like, you know, big fatties, you know, guys that are just there just to, to bulldoze guys, to, you know, open those holes in the run game. And I feel like Masua, yes, he does. Obviously, he has size. You know, offensive linemen are made to be big, large humans. Um, but he has the athleticism that you want to see as a guard. You know, with the way Florida likes to run the ball, get those blockers out in open space. You know, I think that that's, you know, I, I think he's a really good fit for what they want to do offensively. Um, on top of the body fit and style and, you know, just how he fits offensively into that, you know, style they run, he has a lot of snaps on the offensive line from Baylor. You know, I don't remember the numbers off the top of my head. I've written a story about it that includes those on his, you know, you can find that on his profile on 24-7 Sports that has those numbers on there. Um, but he's a guy that has a lot of snaps, and that's what Florida really needs. You know, if you're going to replace – and I don't even know that you really replace a guy like Osiris Torrance because that is a guy that, you know, came in in one year and was a consensus All-American, is going to get a brick outside of the stadium. You know, that that's a hard guy to replace. But I think Masua just having those those snaps, at, at, you know, at the college level, um, bringing the, you know, the physicality and, you know, the, the athleticism and the ability to block in the space. I, I agree with you when you said that he's probably the, you know, the favorite transfer portal addition that Florida's added so far. I, I agree with you. You know, I think he's extremely interesting. From, from all aspects here, from athleticism, from how he fits in and, you know, blocks in space on top of the experience he has, you know. So I think that was probably my favorite, you know, addition they got there. And you already lost, you know, a guy like Ethan White to the transfer portal who hasn't, you know, picked his next destination yet. And you've lost Michael Tarquin who has already committed. And I, I haven't followed up if he's actually enrolled at USC. But either way, he's going to USC. You know, so you're you're replacing, you know, Ethan White with a guy like Masua. And even to kind of roll over to, to Damian George here, you're replacing a guy in Michael Tarquin with George, you know, a guy that fits more than likely. And, and I would expect him to fit into that right tackle position. He's a large human. You know, he's a big, big dude with his big frame. You know, I saw him on campus this past Saturday when he was on his official visit walking around. I mean, he's, he's gigantic. You know, I think that you look at the size that Florida's adding for that offensive line, you can really see what their criteria is for the offensive lineman that they want to recruit. They, you know, hashtag large humans. You know, they want those big time type of guys in there. I think George, probably from a, you know, maybe a technical standpoint, 
from what I've seen of him in Alabama, you know, he played more games in 2021 than he did in 2022. I think footwork is probably an area where he needs to improve. And, and yeah. I, I think the the silver lining of that, you know, negative negative part of his game is that you're looking for this guy to fit in at the right tackle position. You know, obviously you want your tackles to have footwork. You want them to be able to hold the edge there. But you would much rather have a guy that needs to improve on those areas at your right tackle compared to your left tackle position. Yep. So I think that, again, I've talked on it on this podcast before, Florida really needs to fill in that offensive tackle spot in general on their roster. I think they've done a really good job of that, getting a guy like George who fits the criteria of just being a big person. Um, and I think that this is a chance because he has two years left of eligibility remaining is you've got a guy that may have those areas in his game he needs to fix. But I, I think that you see what Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton, Florida's offensive line coaches, have done as far as, you know, development and coaching over their career. You know, that they, they have done a good job of that. Look at Florida's offensive line last year. You know, I feel like every year previously before Billy Napier and, you know, his staff came in here that I sat on this podcast and I talked about, man, the offensive line has a lot of, you know, a lot left to be desired. And you see that the the same guy, you know, you had a guy like Torrance. You know, that's a big upgrade. He was a big piece of that puzzle that really helped them along. But – in general, these were some of the same guys that were at Florida under the previous staff that really improved their game overall. So you see that development that, that you know Stapleton and Sale made with those guys, and it puts a lot of faith, that, at least on my end, that, that Damian George could be a guy that they could coach up this spring, have him ready to play for the fall, and, and you know who knows? We'll see where things shake out. But that development they've shown certainly gives me some confidence that that's a guy that could definitely elevate his game you know, uh, in year one under the, you know, after his transfer. I would agree with that. I would also say that, you know, confidence, which I also, I, I have as well. I think that Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton have a history at this point of not only finding guys who are perhaps under-recruited, but taking those under-recruited talents who they identify as, as reasonable for them and turning them into really good players. You mentioned Osiris Torrance, obviously. Uh, Max Mitchell, who was a fourth-round draft pick out of, the, out of Louisiana uh, when they were there, is now with the New York Jets. Uh, Robert Hunt, who has been with the Dolphins, was also a Louisiana guy, uh, draft pick. So uh, the history is there for this coaching duo at, at the offensive line group. And, and I think you put that aside for a second. This is a really good opportunity, I think, for Florida fans to see that developmental skill in action. It's an opportunity for us to look at guys like Rob Sale and Darnell Stapleton and say, okay, you have a history of doing it, but can you do it successfully in the SEC and take a guy like Damian George, who has been up and down in his career when he's on the field at Alabama and make him into somebody who becomes a serviceable right tackle for your team? Because this is the guy who, in my opinion, is basically the shoe in starter at the position, unless somebody like Cameron Waits can really come on in the spring or the fall and kind of steal that job. But I think it's George's to lose, and it's an opportunity for Sale and Stapleton to prove themselves. Uh, I actually think that Florida's offensive line is in an okay position. I don't think that they're in bad shape. I think that Barber performed well when he was on the field last year. I'm pretty confident that he could do a serviceable job at left tackle. Uh, you plug in Masua at left guard. That's a really good addition. Uh, Kingsley Egwakan, the center, I think is solid. Uh, another year of development under Sale and Stapleton should go a long way for him. So I think that that's an, just another taking care of position at a minimum. Uh, right guard is my biggest question. I think that Richie Leonard is your shoe in to start there. Uh, Cameron Waits also has experience playing guard, and I actually kind of like him more as a guard than I do as a tackle, despite his frame. Uh, so I could see maybe a battle happening there. But those are two guys who I think, again, have an opportunity to be developed and kind of step up. We saw Leonard perform really well at times last year. 
Uh, and then you bring in a guy like George, start at right tackle. So I, I do think that that unit is in an okay spot, contrary to what a lot of people have been saying recently. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how that develops throughout the spring and then, of course, into the season as well. Uh, before sure. we close out the show, Blake, any, any final thoughts? Uh, you know, I, I think just in general, you know, you've seen what these guys have done through the NCAA transfer portal. You know, I, I think that there's still some needs to, to hit on going forward. You know, I, I think whenever you look at the roster, running back is certainly, you know, Montreal Johnson, you know, Trevor Etienne, those guys played really well last year. Um, I think ideally you would, you would at least explore adding another running back there, um, whether it be a grad transfer guy or someone that maybe has has limited eligibility left. Because, again, you've got Trayon Webb already there and enrolled and ready to go for the spring. They've already got Chauncey Bowens as a commit in the 2024 class. And they're already looking at, you know, other guys at running back in the 2024 cycle. So you would think that it seems like two in the 24 cycle is, is ideal. So I think in general, you know, adding another running back makes a lot of sense for Florida. Um, you know, I, I think offensive line is still an area where – Maybe you're not as as in dire of a need as you were before adding Masua and adding you know Damian George in the fold. We'll see if any guys enter the portal going forward or if anybody else shakes out going forward. I, I think that offensive tackle, just in general, of of just the, the the lack of depth of that position, I still think is is if you can find a guy that you like and that you can can want to pursue. I just I, I don't think that I would completely shut the door on that. You know, that's just maybe my opinion of reading the roster here going forward. I think a safety makes a lot of sense there. You saw that they tried to kick the tires on Baylor transfer Al Walcott, who did not end up making the as a previously planned official visit to Florida earlier this month. He eventually committed to Arkansas and didn't get to Florida. And that's a guy that really lined up more at nickel at Baylor there. So I think that you look at the nickel position, obviously Trevise Johnson is on his way to Missouri from Florida. You've got a, a couple of these guys in the 2023 high school cycle that I don't think you would really like to throw out there and, you know, kind of, you know, throw them in the fire that early. So I think maybe a guy at nickel or someone that can at least roam around between that, you know, safety and nickel position, I think makes a lot of sense. So I personally think two wide receivers, an area where Florida needs to at least entertain somebody in there that they like going forward, whether that be, well, the portal window closes as of, you know, the end of the day. So you won't see any new guys pop in there. Right. Um, could somebody shake out in the spring portal period? We'll see. So I still think there's some areas that Florida still needs to address going forward. And again, quarterback, who knows, you know, we've already talked about transfer portal options there. We'll see. So those are just some of the areas that I think that Florida should still be doing their due diligence on as far as, you know, portal guys going forward. So I guess that's just my thoughts right now, just since we're talking about portal guys and additions that they've gotten there. I think those are still some needs that are worth addressing as far as looking at the roster. Well, there you go. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Swamp 247 podcast. But before we let you go, uh, just a couple of important housekeeping notes. Uh, do check us out over at swamp247.com. Uh, we're constantly posting information, both in story form and on our message board. Uh, and you really aren't getting the full experience of information from us if you aren't subscribed, uh, just because we are going to fill you in a lot more, uh, especially via that message board, if you do hit the subscribe button. Uh, and uh, yeah, I would say other than that, keep it locked on our YouTube page for more episodes of the Swamp 247 podcast. And thank you to those of you who listen to us on Spotify and other podcasting platforms. But for this episode, that is going to do it. And uh, for Blake Alderman, my name is Jacob Rudner. We'll see you next time. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast.
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.